Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. And go through here to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, back in uh, January, I talked a little bit about this, and I'm going to go back to this, but talk about something... Um, uh, some things attached to this subject uh, tonight. I realize it's 7.35, and so we've been here a little while already, so we'll just endeavor to follow the Holy Ghost and get done what, we, what needs to be done, amen? But in Ephesians, the, uh, the fourth chapter, verse 7, we read the scripture, like I said, in January. It says, but to each one of us, grace was giving a, given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Aren't you glad that that includes you? Grace, so that was weak. Aren't you glad that includes you? Do you know grace has been given to you? Well, if you don't know it, how can you use it? If you're not aware of it, how can you access it? The reality is grace has been given to you. Each one, grace has been given to each one. Everybody say, grace has been given to me. There's grace on your life, amen? And it's according to the gift that's been placed in your life, amen? But each one of us, uh, uh, but each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill, uh, fill all things. I'm going to switch to a different tablet here, a little bit bigger letters here. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come. How many of us? All, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, a mature man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may what? May what? Grow up. Look, somebody say grow up. Amen. That we may grow up into all things, into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, every part does its share, every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So we started talking about uh, growing up spiritually. And um, some might say, well, what's the big deal about growing up spiritually? I'd rather hear something exciting. Growing up spiritually is an exciting topic. How many of you remember, you know, uh, I know... Uh, there's this meme that, that I saw the other day, and, and it said something. Anytime the pastor says, let me tell you a story about a kid I know. And the meme was a youth, pa a youth pastor's kid, a pastor's kid. And he's, in, and he's like, oh, it means he's talking about me. So uh, I give an example of my own kids. You know, Jack's 15, about to turn 16. And how many remember those days, uh, some of us older folks who've reached that, when you were 15, embarking on your, your 16th birthday? How many remembers that? Who, who was kind of bummed out by that? Nobody. I mean, you were excited about that, right? Why, why, why were you excited about it? Why were you excited about that birthday and, and, and you know, growing older, another year older and, and developing? Why were you excited? Well, because with age, there comes some freedom, right? Now, his freedom doesn't show up until after his birthday because he didn't get his uh, restricted license until later. So he's got to wait till July. Boo Jack. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about you. Uh, but, you know, as you get older, uh, as we grow and mature naturally, how many know that that yes, there's responsibility, but how many know that there's also great opportunity? Amen. How many of us would, would, would go back if we could and be eight years old again? 
Probably nobody, right? Well, some of you who are maybe seven, you might like being eight, but... Uh, <laughs> But most of us, you know, there, there, there's a certain aspect of being young, right, in things where, uh, you know, life is fun. You know, you're, you're, uh, there's not a lot of responsibility, not a lot of things. And I think back to, you know, my childhood, teenage years, even college years, you know, thinking, oh, I was so busy back then. When I, I didn't even know what busy was back then. Busy is different now than busy then. How I many know what I'm talking about, you know? Well, what's that busyness? Well, with age, you know, come, has come responsibility. You have 12 kids. You, you, you get a lot of responsibility. And uh, no, we don't have that that many, but, um, you know, with age, there comes responsibility, but, but even though there's responsibility, probably nobody would go back to a place of being eight, nine, 10 years old in a place, or even younger in a place of complete dependency on somebody else. Why? Because the opportunities involved that come with maturity are worth the cost that it takes to get there and the responsibility that's attached to it. And so, you know, when it comes to our spiritual growth and development, it is an exciting thing. It's something that we ought to desire, that we ought to want happen in our life. But really, whether you want, it's it, unlike natural things. How many know that just because some people age naturally doesn't mean they necessarily mature? Don't look at anybody right now. But, uh, uh, I mean, just because somebody is, I'm just kidding. Just because somebody is aging naturally doesn't mean they're maturing. But there are certain things, naturally speaking, that just happen with age as we grow. But I mean, no, spiritual maturity doesn't happen that way. Uh, it, it is like natural, uh, like na the natural realm, we're all born young and babes in Christ, but maturity doesn't just happen because time passes. God lives in a sphere, in, a, in, a, in an element, in a realm outside of time, and so the things of the Spirit aren't, aren't dictated by time. They're not determined by time. Time is, really, time is something that I believe that we'll have to, we, we need to learn this, and we'll eventually see it more clearly. Time is here to serve us, and it's a tool for us to use, and, and I mean, we ought to redeem our time that we have now, right? We ought to use the time we have, not have time use, use us, but use our time, Right? But, you know, in the realms of things of the spirit, maturity doesn't happen with time. It, it is possible to have 80-year-old babies spiritually, right? It's possible to have those who've been around a long time and have made Jesus their Lord many, many years ago really have not grown and developed past a babyhood stage and an immaturity stage. And that's not the will of God. That's not the plan of God. He wants us to grow. He wants us to develop, but we've got to want it. We've got to desire it. And with spiritual growth, yes, a lot of times I think people are hesitant because they don't want to take on responsibility. And so they resist growing because, you know, there's a saying, ignorance is bliss. No, ignorance is ignorance. Immaturity is not good. Immaturity is, is immaturity, right? And I think sometimes people don't want to grow because it requires things us to mature. We have to be deliberate to mature spiritually. It doesn't just happen on, our, on its own. And so, and, and, but it's got to be something that's in us. There's got to be a drive in us to want to grow. There's got to be a desire in us to want to develop. And really, the desire that you have to grow spiritually is evident by the growth you're experiencing. It's evident by the growth you've had to this point, but it's also, it'll be evident by the growth you'll have uh, uh, in the future. And how many know that when we stand before the Lord, we, we don't want to stand before the Lord as 80-year-old, 50-year-old, 40-year-old, even 20-year-old babies. And I'll say this too, just because you've not been born, born again very long doesn't mean that, that you're on a slower rate than somebody else. You know, the things of the Spirit aren't, like I said, aren't based upon time. And, and um, you can have been born again just a very short amount of time, but grow very rapidly if it's your heart's desire and you're deliberate in what you do. And if you pursue God, if you go after him, you can grow. Every person here has the right and the ability, and not only that, but the responsibility to develop spiritually. Amen. 
And there's a lot of privileges involved in that. You can hear God for yourself. You can be useful for the kingdom. You can be useful in the things of God. You, your own personal relationship with God can be deep and full and not just shallow, but it can be full and rich. It belongs to you. Do you want it? I tell you, the benefits of having a full and rich relationship with God far outweigh the convenience of having somebody else tell you what to do and you can just kick back and enjoy yourself. I mean, that's not really enjoying yourself. Right, but when you experience a full relationship with God, uh, uh, that is one that, how many know you, you, you fellowship with somebody different who's on a more mature level? You know, you, 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 you fellowship at a different level as somebody matures. You know, I've said this before, you know, we've, we've got three kids and uh, I, there's, there's, I'll just be honest with you, I've, I was never a, Amy knows this, I'm not like a, this, maybe this is a bad thing to say, but I was never like this just great fan of little kids. Not your kids I love, I'm not saying, your kids here are different, but, but these kids here are the greatest kids on the planet, and, and I'm not talking about them, but just in generally speaking outside of, you know what I'm saying, that little kids, I'm trying to be careful, because uh, I love your children and all, but, but <sighs> all right, Lord, so, all right, uh, <laughs> uh, but generally speaking, you know, I'm just not somebody who just like, just, I don't goo and gah over babies. I mean, they're cute, you know, and, and when I say your kid's cute, and I feel bad, I shouldn't have said it. He's just shaking his head, no, son, what are you doing? When I say your kid, just stop, just stop, PG, just stop. But when I say your kid is cute, I mean it. I really do. <laughs> it's too late. I know I'm in trouble, but, you know, my whole point was I'm not somebody who just, just, just loves a little, I mean, some people just love little kids, man. They just, that's not, that just was never me. But as they get older, I, I enjoy them more. I, I really enjoy being around them. I, I enjoy them when they, when they, I, I, the older they get, the more I enjoy them. Why? Because I have more in common with them and I can relate to them better. It's hard to relate. It's hard to talk Gator baseball, 28 to five. That's crazy. That, that's a, a ridiculous score. That's a conversation I can have with Dan and he can say that to me and I can be amazed. 28 to five. If you say that to a one-year-old, they don't know what you're talking about, Right. And if they do, you need to sign them up to do something great. But I mean, because most one-year-olds don't know. Well, as you mature, your understanding, your ability to relate grows. Well, you know, we want to grow because our ability to understand God develops and our ability to participate with him and our ability to, to, to share in the things that are important to him and, and, and to champion the things that are important to him, but also have him start championing the things that are important to us. It grows as we mature. We ought to want to develop. We ought to want to develop. But it's something, like I said, that we've got to be deliberate about and we have to be purposeful on. And it's not just something that, that just happens, but it's something that we've got, to, we've got to produce and we've got, to, we've got to pursue in our life. Jesus himself had to grow. Just a couple of things. Jesus himself had to grow. You can turn with me over to Luke, uh, the second chapter, Luke chapter 2. And uh, this is not the main thing I want to talk about tonight, but I just want you to see that you need to grow. I mean, we should imitate, imitate him in all areas of our life. If Jesus did it, we ought to do it. He said, the same works I'll do, you'll do also. Well, this was work he had to do here. We ought to grow and we ought to, we ought to do these things too. And he said, greater things, right? Well, we ought, to, we ought to imitate him. We ought to, we ought to endeavor to make our lives look a lot like his life, right? And Luke, the second chapter in the 40th verse, and says, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Now the child, you notice, is capitalized capital C, speaking of Jesus, and the child grew physically and became strong in spirit. So what does that tell us? If you become strong in spirit, that means you weren't strong in spirit before. 
See, a lot of times we think, well, you know, Jesus was special. No, he was just like you and me. He was our example in life, and we're to imitate him. Well, he wasn't strong in spirit, but he became strong in spirit. He spent a lot of time in the temple, spent a lot of time around the things of God, and it was his focus. And at 12 years old, he confounded uh, 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 the Pharisees and teachers of his day. They were astonished at his understanding of the scriptures, right? What was happening? He was growing spiritually. Well, if he did it, you can do it. My whole point is, listen, Jesus had to grow, you got to grow. You're not a special case. If he, if he had to grow to do what he was supposed to do and fulfill his role and his ministry and his calling, have you know a baby Jesus spiritually would not have done what he did on the cross? A baby, a, a spiritual babe would not have said, Father, forgive him. They don't know what they're doing. Have we been there where somebody did something and that wasn't our thought? Right? Well, that's why, because we weren't as, we're not as mature as he was. We're not as mature as he was. But, you know, we, well, well, that's Jesus. Well, that shouldn't be an excuse. We ought to be endeavoring to move forward and to go after these things. Anyone who has grown has started as a baby. If they were able to grow, so are you. And I'll say this, too, as a side note. You know, we're responsible for those that come in here to make sure they're growing as well. And I like to say this thing to remind us, every, part's got, every person's got a part to play, not just in your own growth and development spiritually, but in somebody else's growth and development, you have a part to play. If you're not investing in somebody, I'm not talking about being their pastor or being their Jesus, but I'm saying somebody that encourages growth in their life, get busy. Well, that's going to require me to make some time and, and adjust some things. Get busy. Because that's part of what we've been called to do, right, is to, to help mature people and to be available to sow in people's lives and speak into their lives and encourage them and share what we've learned, right, and pray with them, believe God with them. We're there to help people grow in the things of God. So it's our responsibility that we have, but it's a great, what, what an awesome opportunity we have to cease to help somebody grow in the things of God. Think about that. You've got an opportunity to aid somebody looking more like Jesus, if that doesn't excite you, something's wrong with your exciter, right? And if that doesn't make you happy, there's something wrong with you. It means you, you probably have never experienced what it means to get in the trenches with somebody and go to work with somebody and have them battle and overcome something and see, th see through something and grow. You've never experienced it. Maybe you've never experienced it for yourself, but you've not experienced it to help them with somebody else. There's nothing like being along somebody and something that something you've learned, someplace you've been, something. How I many know that we can only use the help in areas we've also learned? right? But you're making a purpose to grow and you come alongside and help somebody else grow. There's such satisfaction in knowing, listen, God's using me to help this person move on and to mature and to develop and not to repeat those things that I did or they were doing before, but to help them. What an awesome opportunity that is. Amen. What a blessing. So it should be our desire to grow. It should be our desire to develop spiritually. Go with me back, uh, back over to Ephesians chapter four. And tonight for a few minutes, I want to look at a, a few things here. And, and uh, as I was kind of meditating on these things uh, uh, yesterday and, and then this afternoon or this morning and then this afternoon, I believe uh, uh, the Lord brought my attention back to some things. We're going to look at this. We're going to obey, uh, obey I believe, what's the, the spirit of God. And I mean, if it's in God's word, it's helpful to us. Amen. If it's in God's word, it's helpful. So uh, we're going to look at a few things. So back to Ephesians chapter four, let's read this. But to each one, verse seven, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. We'll skip down to verse 11. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Notice, and he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, 
pastors and teachers. Now, I just want to stop here. You know, that he himself is used because he's drawing emphasis. He himself did it. How many know that, that, that these, these ministry gifts that are mentioned here, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, these are things and gifts that God placed in the church that he himself did. It's one thing, you know, I, I know if you're somewhere and you do something, you say something, now, I did that, or, or that's what I want to done. But you, it's different when you say, I, myself, I did that. That shows that it just wasn't a, a, an idea or a command that you gave or something that you said needed to be done. You personally thought it was so important that you yourself did it. How many know that if, if I'm working on something, if it's something that I want done, and I say, you know, we need to do this, that's one thing. But if it's something that's near and dear to me that my own hands have been involved in, and we need to do this, this is something I'm working on. How many know that carries a little bit different importance to me? Because my, hand, my personal hand has been involved in it. He said here, and he himself, the one that descended but also ascended, right, Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. He was specific in this and wanted us to know that this was his handiwork. In verse 12 is why, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So I thought that evangelists or apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, they are to do the work of the ministry. They have a part in the work of the ministry, but it's to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I mean, you know, you have a work in the ministry to accomplish. Well, I don't like that. I'd rather not have one. Well, you, you have one, and whether or not you're able to do it or not depends upon your maturity. Can you step into it or not? You know, there's a lot of ministry that doesn't go on in the body of Christ that isn't happening. How I many know that we need to be a full representation of Jesus? We'll read this in a second, but we need to be a full representation of Jesus to this world, don't we? But oftentimes the church and, and even local churches aren't the representation they need to be because they're not full bodies and they're not fully working the way that they should. Why? Because some people, there are people who don't take their place in the ministry that they've been given to do and that they've been called to do. They're, they're reluctant to do it. And so then our ability to represent Christ effectively is hindered. Do you think that Jesus takes this seriously? Do you think it's something that is, that is kind of important to him? Think, think about all that Jesus did. Imagine everything that he did and, and his life, the life of submission that he lived and, and submitted to the plan of God and not my will be done, but your will be done. I mean, the way he lived, a consecrated life, even unto the point of death, not just the death of his own priorities, but actual death, total, complete death. He gave up everything. Do you think, and he did it for a reason, to, 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 to provide something for humanity that they weren't able to get. Do you think it's important today that we're presenting that same Jesus and we're presenting that power and making that life available to people on this earth? That's kind of weak. I think it's super important. I think there's, these are things that he is extremely interested in. You know, I don't believe Jesus is in heaven for the last 2,000 years, been on vacation or just building mansions. I think he's also been busy watching our lives. Amen. Can I just say this? Listen, the call that's on your life, the calling on your life, it's not about the call on your life. It's about the faithfulness of your, of your life. Well, if I was a pastor, then I would do those things because I'd realize that's important because he himself gave these gifts and that's important. Or if I was an evangelist, if he put that, that's important. Listen, if he called you to be an evangelist or whatever it is he's called you, if it's one of the fivefold, you need to do it. 
I do believe there are, there are, I believe there are many people that, that uh, didn't step into these places or fully submit their lives. I mean, we know we went to Ramah with people that the hand of God was on them. And, and I'm thinking of one person right now that was gifted and had opportunities in their home country and God had favored and blessed. And I mean, they were primed to go back to their home nation and affect it for the kingdom of God, but they got comfortable living an American life. And 18 years of no, how many years have gone by? A long time, 19 years. We're now 19 years later since we graduated. They've still never gone back. They never left. They were, they're raising their kids here. They're enjoying life here, but they're not doing what God called them to do. Do you think the people in their home nation have suffered because of that? Yeah, absolutely. But do you think that they're suffering? Now, this is totally off topic, but do you think that they've suffered for that as well? No matter how good not being faithful seems to be, you pay for you, it always costs you something. No matter, no matter what it is, not being faithful costs you something. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people get discouraged. A lot of times the enemy just messes with us. Sometimes people make mistakes and do things that, that bum us out, you know, and, and things that, that are hard to overcome and, and things that are, I mean, we've got family in the ministry and, and things happen that shouldn't have happened, weren't their fault, and they got discouraged and said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. If that's the way you're going to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm just, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to put up with it. How I many know you pay for that? Not just future, but in this life, you pay for it. It may be more convenient at the moment to do something else, but this life, in the end, I mean, when you, the whole sum of your life, and in 10, 15, 20 years down the road, it's better to obey and be faithful no matter what it costs. There are things I believe the Lord has called some of us to do that we've, we have to be faithful, that he's been dealing. It's, it, you, you've got to step up to the plate. Well, that when, it, when there's a more convenient time, there may not be a more convenient time. How many know the enemy doesn't make things convenient for us? <laughs> That's not what he does. He's going to make things as inconvenient as it can be. But how many know it's true also whether or not, even if you're not called in the fivefold ministry, whatever the call of God is in your life, it's of the utmost important that you honor that call and you honor that gift, and, you, and you, you sow to that, and you invest in that, and you develop that in your life, and be faithful. Well, if I was, like I said, if I was an evangelist, man, I'd do it. Well, if he's called you to clean the toilets, do that. If he's called you to sweep up, if he's called you to, to greet, if he's called you to do whatever, whatever it is he's asked you to do, whatever it costs, do that. I believe in heaven that when rewards are handed out, that people think, well, the people with the greatest world be those who had the biggest ministries and, and were seemingly did the most and had the most visible. No, it's those who are faithful. If you're faithful to do whatever he's asked you to, you'll receive the same reward. You think of somebody like Brother Hagin, who was faithful all those years, how many years of ministry? 60, 70 years in ministry, faithful to the end, faithful. I believe there's great reward for Brother, when Brother Hagin. When he entered, when he stepped over in, into eternity, there was great reward. Smith Wigglesworth, we can talk about all these great heroes of faith. John G. Lake, when they, when they stepped into eternity, great reward. Do you think heaven, do you think heaven maybe stopped for a minute and stood at attention? You, you, how many know that they know us? How many know people in heaven, don't, they, they know who we are. Even though we're here, they, know, they even know us by name. At least they should. <laughs> if they don't know who you are, you, you got other problems. But how many know that when we're here, like when we're worshiping God, we actually enter into the throne room of God and people know that we're there, right? Well, when, do you think when Kenneth Hagin or Smith Wigglesworth entered into heaven, do you think people knew it? Oh, that, oh that's, that's, that's Kenneth Hagin. That's John G. Lake. That's, do you think that happened? 
But also there'll be somebody, that's Mary Sue. Whatever, that's, 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 that's this person, that's that person, somebody that nobody ever heard about. But the call, the gift, the, the call of God on their life, they were faithful to do what God called them to do. And they received the same entrance as Kenneth Hagin received because they did what they were asked to do. They were faithful what they were asked to do. Oh, let's be faithful. Let's be faithful. I'm doing a good job tonight. Let's be faithful. You ought to be encouraged. Be faithful. Stir it up. Be faithful. Be faithful. Whatever he's asked you to do, be faithful. Start where you are. Be faithful. I'm not going to have time to even, even do this, but praise God. It's worth it. Listen, we need to be encouraged. Well, there'll be, a, there'll be a better time. No, there's not a better time. One thing I've noticed about this in my own life, when you think there's better time, there's always a reason for it not to be better time. There'll always be a reason why tomorrow's a better day. There's always a reason why tomorrow's a better day. I mean, I turned 45 this year, and I can tell you there's been time that I look back that I, I thought it would be better at some other point, and I'm 45, and there are things that I've yet to do. You may know what I'm talking about? Well, you know, if we're not careful, we'll fi- fall into the same trap. Let's be faithful with where we are, amen? Let's, take, let's seize every opportunity. You can do that. You can do that. You can do that. If you're 15 or 50, you can do that. You can be faithful. Well, praise God. Let's go on. It says, it says that uh, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect and mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's our standard. Think about it. each of us as a body, we can come to this measure of the stature. We can all have a part of fully representing Jesus. That we should be no longer children or no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. How many know if we're being tossed to and fro, we're not stable? God doesn't use instability to work his plan. He's very stable, right? Wind comes, opposition comes, but it's those who build their life on the rock, right, that are stable throughout the storm. Well, ministry and the will of God being accomplished is needs people who are stable in life. You can't be stable if you're not growing spiritually. You can't be growing if you're not stable spiritually. He said that we no longer be children uh, uh, carried about it by every wind of doctrine, by the trick of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking of the truth and love may grow up into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined in it together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. But these gifts are here to do all of that. We read these scriptures, and those are amazing scriptures, right? No longer tossed to and fro, fully representing Jesus, right? That, that every part's doing its share, and it causes growth of the body, and it edifies and, and nurtures itself in love. That's awesome. Well, these gifts are placed here to do this. Go with me over to, um, uh, go with me over to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. I got to hurry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's also speaking here about uh, uh, some of these, these uh, uh, gifts. And it says in uh, verse 28, God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. 
Well, when we read this list, um, uh, now the word evangelist and pastors are not listed here, but they're, they're described here. And there's two other gifts that are also in this list. But it says that God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healings. I believe that's referring to the evangelist ministry. And then helps. How many know that if you're not in one of the fivefold ministries, pastor, uh, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you're in the helps ministry. If you're not in one of those places, you're in the helps ministry. Now, that's important because every person is involved. You have been enlisted in the ministry, right? And it's a legitimate ministry. It's a real ministry. It's an important ministry, right? It says he's put these uh, uh, helps, administrations, speaking of the pastoral office, and then variety of tongues, those who uh, uh, speak in tongues and interpretation, so uh, specifically in a ministry form. And so these are the, the gifts that the God placed in the church. They're here for our benefit and for our growth. You've got a part to play in it, but those in the fivefold ministry, they've got a part to play in it. And so, like I said, tonight for a few minutes, I just want to talk about a couple of things I think that'll be a help to us. If we're going to go uh, spiritually, we've got to recognize and put importance on the proper gifts in our life that have been given to us. Now, it's the first one I mentioned is apostles, and of course, that just means a sent one. Of course, Jesus, obviously, is the greatest example uh, of a sent one. He was sent uh, uh, to redeem us. He's been sent. Um, but it's listed, apostles are listed first, but that doesn't mean it's most important. It's just because that was the first thing that was happening. When the church first started, it was the apostles uh, uh, that were there establishing the church. And they were the first ones listed. Like I said, this doesn't mean that, these are not listed in, in level of importance in our life. They're just listed, I believe in, in this case, uh, by the time that they showed up. And so apostles were the first ones that were listed because um, uh, they were sent ones messengers. And you have prophets. And um, the, of course, prophets also, first and foremost, they're preachers and teachers of the word, but uh, they have a consistent, this is what Brother Hagin wrote in uh, his book, uh, The Ministry Gifts, and if you've never read that, I encourage you to do it, a lot of good information. We can't go into all the details about this stuff, there's just not enough time for it, but uh, prophets are people that have a, um, a consistent manifestation of at least two of the revelation gifts, whether it be the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, or discerning of spirits, plus prophecy. Obviously, Brother Hagin was a prophet, and someone that we recognize widely. I believe Cindy Duvall is a prophet. She, she moves in these things. That's part of her ministry, part of her office. Um, part, as far as apostles, we know Jesus was an apostle, but uh, uh, I believe Christopher Allen is, is an apostle. One of the things about apostles, they, churches follow them. Everywhere they go, churches follow them, are being sprung up. Well, in Christopher Allen's ministry, there have been churches planted all over Africa, all over uh, Burma, Southeast Asia, because of his ministry, churches have arisen out of that. Uh, then you have evangelists. They're ones who bring a good news, good tidings. There's not a lot said about evangelists in the Bible. They're mentioned here in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, talk about Philip the evangelist. And in Acts chapter um, uh, 8, I believe it is, uh, talks about Philip the evangelist, or 21, 21, 8. Is it 21, 8? 21, 8. Um, what's that? Yeah, 21.8. He was a Philip the evangelist. And then uh, Paul told Timothy to do the work of the evangelist. Well, there's not a whole lot said about evangelists, but they're ones who bring uh, teachings or, or good tidings. They bring the good news. And so obviously Christopher Alamo is also an evangelist. Many times people can stand in multiple uh, ministry gifts at the same time. And the teachers are those who teach. Uh, I know Brother Hagin was a prophet and a teacher. Uh, uh, um, different ones. Lois Toucher is a Wonderful teacher. Weren't you blessed by her teaching ministry, right? She's a great teacher. Our own pastor is, is a, is a world-class teacher, right? I mean, and pastors and pastor gift and the teaching office oftentimes run hand in hand. And so he's an amazing teacher. Well, that's also ministry office. But the one that's the most important to believers is the offer, uh, office of pastor. 
It's the office of pastor. Now, like I said, this morning, you know, or yesterday and, and today and, and, and this morning and this afternoon, thinking about these things, uh, the Lord just kind of quickened in me. Remember, these gifts are given so that we can grow. These gifts are given not to exalt a person, but so that we can grow. It's not about exalting an individual. Really, you can say it this way. It's about us all being exalted into the people God has called us to be. It's about all of us being promoted into the place of effectiveness for the kingdom of God that we don't know and don't have. Without these gifts, you can't move into those areas of your life. Without those gifts, you can't move into the call and the thing, the place that God has for you. Whether it is, how many know without all of these ministry gifts, we wouldn't have other ministry gifts. If we didn't have those, if there weren't pastors and teachers and evangelists before us, how many know there wouldn't be evangelists, prophets, pastors, and teachers today? Why? They equip people to take their place. If the Lord tarries, the ones who are on the scene today, they'll go home. And, the, and, and, the, and ministry must continue. How many know ministry must continue, right? We can't live on just the ministry of what happened in the past. There's got to be ministry today. Every generation has got to be uh, evangelized. Every generation's got to be reached. Well, it can't just happen only on the work of somebody else. It's got to be built upon, right? So without those gifts, it can't be happening now. And without it happening now, it won't happen later. But then even in helps and different things, if it's not going on, then you're not equipped to do your work. And so really the office of the pastor is the most important thing in your life. You say, well, that's good for you to say because your name, we call you Pastor Greg. It's got nothing to do with that. The reality is if I could do something else, I probably would. How I many know that, you know, I, I think Ken, uh, Kenneth Hagin Jr. at Winter Bible this year was talking about what, what the Lord asked him to do. And he said, if I could have done something else, I'd have done it. He said, I, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't really excited about it, but it's what he asked me to do. That's called faithfulness. Ooh, thank God for faithfulness, right? I'm going to read you something that Brother Hagin wrote in his book, uh, uh, this book. Like I said, if, you've not, if you don't have it or not read it, you need to get it. I don't know if we have copies of that in the bookstore or not, but, but it's, it's really good. It says, um, without the ministry gift of pastor, of the pastor operating in the body of Christ, um, then all other ministry is practically in vain. No matter how great the evangelist is and how many get saved, if there's not someone to shepherd the lambs, to pastor and take them on in God, they're apt to fall by the wayside. It is the same in the natural realm. No matter how many babies are born in a large city hospital, if somebody doesn't care for them, they'll die. Think about that. If there's not somebody to care for them, they'll die. Think about Shans. Thank God for great doctors who, who can deliver these babies. And, and I, I forget the doctors we had that delivered our kids. Thank God for them. But I also thank God for the nurses who came along and helped and, and, did, the, and did their job and did what was necessary because they're the ones that, that the treatment we needed to live was given, right? Well, in the same way, when it comes to ministry gifts, thank God for these other gifts. But how many know that there's something different than somebody, a specialist, versus somebody that you're with every single day? Now, you know, when we have guest ministers that come through, thank God for them. And I'm not saying any of this to say that what, what we received from Shekinah Glory wasn't valid. It's wonderful. And these things are necessary for us. But how many know that when, when it's kind of like going, if you, have, if you have medical issues or something going on, if you only go to a specialist, let's say if you only go to an ear, nose, and throat doctor, how many know they're not going to be as effective in treating most other ailments because they only deal with ear, nose, and throat? Which I don't know why if somebody goes into medicine, why they want, they think they'd be more exciting things, but ear, nose, and throat. But thank God for them, right? Kind of like other doctors, why? A proctologist, why? I don't know why they do that. But anyway, uh, you know, but you need a primary care physician, right? But it's something that, that needs to be added beyond that. Then you go to a specialist. 
How many know that the, the, the primary care is more important in your everyday life than the ear, nose, and throat doctor? You do realize that, right? They're not going to write you a prescription or give you help if, if you twist an ankle like I did, you know, in Belgium. I'm not going to go to ear, nose, and throat doctor because I twist some ankle. I'm going to go to somebody who knows how to do this and, and somebody with expertise in that area. And for most ankle sprains, it would be a normal, not the one I had, but it would be just a normal doctor would tell you what to do, right? But the office of the pastor is the most important things in our life. In, in the life of an everyday believer. Why? Because the other ministry gifts, they're here, but Shekinah's in another place. They're at Lake I area Bible Church today. They'll be there tomorrow. They're not going to be with you until the next time they're here. They're, they're, they're not going to be back for no, at least another year, maybe. They're not going to be here. But how many know the ones that are sent here to take care of you, they're the ones that speak into your life? But the reality of this is oftentimes people are more responsive to a traveling minister than they are to the pastor God called to live with them. It's the truth. Can, can we all admit that's the truth? Now, I love Cindy, Ray, and Lois. I love them. I, 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 Pastor said this, of all the years, they probably had the most impact on our life or, or the life of our church over the years as far as one single group that came through and of the traveling ministers we've had growing up and through my life. They've had a huge impact, probably a, a bigger impact than anybody else that's come through over the years on me personally. I thank God for them. But none of them have had the impact that my pastor had on my life. None of them had the impact that my pastor had, even close, none of them came close to it. What are we talking, I thought we are talking about spiritual growth. We're absolutely talking about spiritual growth. We're absolutely talking about spiritual growth. I, I believe this, if we're gonna grow spiritually, if we're all gonna really grow and not just, how many know growth doesn't have to be one little step at a time? One little baby step at a time. And every year we notch a little, we took another step. In 2018, I took a little step forward. Thank God for that little step. How many know that you can take more than little steps forward? You can take more than just a little step. You can take giant leaps forward. It's like the Neil Armstrong, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We can have a, a life where we're taking giant leaps in the things of God. We're taking giant leaps forward. Well, how we view this right here has a large part to play on how we develop spiritually. It's the truth. I've been talking 38 minutes. I'm gonna try to hurry. People get excited when we have special guests come through and that's great. But what about the ministry gifts that are here right where we live? You know, how you respond to that determines what you get out of them. You know, we've, I was thinking we, we've got family I've, we've got a family member I'm thinking of right now. When, when they go to the doctor, they're smarter than the doctor. They're smarter than the doctor. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? Oh, yeah, she knows who I'm talking about. They're smarter than that doctor. doesn't matter if they're a specialist or a primary. I'm smarter than you. And everything you say, I've heard it. Already been there. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't, I don't like coming here. Do you think they get much from that doctor? Do you think their level of care is quite the same as somebody who comes in, Doc, this is what's going on. What can you tell me? A little bit of a humble nature there versus one that, you went to school for so long, I went to the school of hard knocks. There's a difference between medical school and the school of hard knocks, right? There's a, there's a difference, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a difference when it comes to diagnosing issues and medical things. Well, you know, how we approach this is every, has everything to do with whether we grow or not. I'm really trying to help some people. 
I'm trying to help you. How you approach, listen, we ought to honor ministry gifts to come, the, the prophet. Thank God for everything Brother Hagin did for us. And he's not here in, anymore. He's moved on. But thank God for what he invested. But thank God for the gifts that God put here to live with us every single day. That's really where our success is tied to. And people say, well, you know, uh, uh, you know I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's right to exalt a man or a woman. I'm not saying we exalt a man or a woman. We exalt a ministry gift that God placed in the church so that we can be exalted. God wants to promote you. Are you listening? God wants to promote you. God wants to promote you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to exalt you. You think, that's a little weird. Well, read your Bible. He wants to exalt you. If we'll humble ourselves, he'll exalt us in due time. That means all of us. He wants to exalt us. There are ways that he does it, and his ministry gifts are vital in that. Well, it's the truth. It's the truth. These are reasons why people don't grow. These are reasons why people don't grow. These are reasons why people don't grow. You know, when, when somebody gets up to minister, somebody might hear Pastor Anderson speak and somebody else hears Edwin speak to them. How I many know there's a difference in what you're gonna receive based on how you hear them? Are y'all listening to me? Somebody else may hear Pastor Angela speak, somebody else will hear Angela speak. How I many know there's a difference in how you hear and what you get? Whose fault is it? Whose responsibility is it to hear the right way? Is this all right? Like I said this morning, you know, yesterday and this morning, I really felt this was on my, this is what I should talk about. How I many know how we hear affects how we receive? There's a reason. Remember, Cindy said when she was here, she said it's so easy to minister. Remember, she made that comment. I remember what night it was. I think it was the first night. She said it's so easy to minister here. Why? Because this church places a priority. When people come through, we, we, we put a priority on that and we draw on the gift. It's almost like you can pull it out of somebody, right? We have examples in the word Jesus went places where the things were pulled out of him and other places where there was no opportunity to do anything. Jesus was limited because how they heard him. Some saw him as, as the son of God. Others saw him as Joseph's boy. Did it affect what he was able to do there? The Bible says he could do no great work there. Jesus was limited. Well, Cindy came and she was able to minister and said it was so free. Why? Because there was a receptiveness there. How you hear somebody from the perspective you hear them, the place you hear them affects what you receive. Some people hear, hear me, it's Pastor Greg. Other people, it's just Greg. How you hear me affects what you receive from me. It's the truth. What you identify with, you draw from. Whatever you identify with, you draw from. Amen? Now, like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying any of this because I'm angry or I think there's a problem, but I want to encourage us to make sure we're drawing right because we want to grow. How many know that all of us, we're human, and one of the things about the, the, the gifts that God places these gifts in the church, the pastor's the only one that lives with us. How many know when you live with somebody, you learn other things about them? Right? How many know what I'm talking about? Me and married people know what I'm talking about. You might have, before you got married, they were like the greatest thing and they could do no wrong. And uh, everybody look at your spouse and just give them that old glitter eye. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember you. Oh, you're so amazing. Then you get married and you're like, oh, your breath is bad, right? I mean, you know, like, woo, hey, go brush those things. Then come back and say hi to me. I mean, you know, like, oh, how many know what I'm talking about, right? 
And then just other things of life. I mean, the only person that that's not true of here is my wife. So I, nothing I was ever done that I was like, that's, she's more amazing today than she was before. So I'm trying to be good. Anyway, how many know that, that, that when you're around somebody, you learn things because nobody's perfect. But we've got to make sure we guard ourselves to not let human, the human, human side override the God side in, in, in the supply side that God places in our life. Our ability to do that determines what we receive. Amen. I remember several years ago, and 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 had had a had a an incident that came up, you know, with with uh, the teenagers, and and it's been a long time ago, and 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 nobody knows what I'm talking about. But I had a I just you know, based on what part of my calling, I'm I'm the associate pastor, but I'm also the youth pastor, and because of that, there there's a certain grace in my life to see things that other people may not see. On Amy and I together, there are certain, and actually this was something Amy, the thing, the particular instance I'm thinking of, Amy picked up on before I did. And in fact, when she first brought it to my attention, I thought, "Eh, I don't know, you're right. But then I had to check, you need to pay attention to her. You need to listen to what she's saying right now. There was a teenager in the group that that, uh, she said, she came to me, she said, you know what? She said, I think so-and-so has gotten involved in drugs. Now, you know, drugs is not a good thing, right? I'm talking about Advil. I'm talking about other things, right? Not, not BC powder, but other things they were involved in. And said, uh, uh, you know, he said, I, I think this individual's gotten involved in something. And, and I, for, my first reaction was, ah, come on, because I'd known this person a long time, and I hadn't seen a single thing that would say it's an issue. But, you know, I had to check. Yeah, there's something there. And so, so you know, I, I spent a little bit of time praying about it. We talked about it. And, and you know, something's not, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I didn't have any proof. I didn't have a drug 316 scripture that I could say, you know, well, it says here that so-and-so is involved. There's no scripture in the Bible. But there was a grace in my life to recognize and grace in her life to recognize something because of the office that I'm called to, Right? And so we call, we say, hey, call the parent. Hey, I need to talk to you. And, and I can tell you, it didn't do it in a, an accusing manner. Your kid's a dirt bag. It was, listen, I just want to make you aware. I think there's an issue here. I think there's something going on. You need to start, I, I would advise you to pay attention. You know what happened? They got angry. They got furious with me. They called a sit-down meeting. I remember came over to our house and chewed us out for making such an accusation against their child. And I was like, whoa, I'm not making any accusation. I'm just telling you something's not right. What do shepherds do? They see when there's trouble when the sheep don't see it. Sheep don't, uh, when you're talking about, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not diminishing anybody by calling them a sheep, but it's a shepherd watches sheep. Shepherds don't watch baseball games, right? They watch sheep, right? And so the shepherd watches the sheep. The sheep are eating. The shepherd's job is to pay attention. A shepherd knows when things, conditions start to change. Like when we were in Africa, we went on that safari. They had a guide with us, and this guy could see stuff. I mean, I don't, remember, I don't remember his name, but it was amazing. He would, without binoculars, just with a naked eye, he would do like this. There's a such and such animal over there, and it's a female, let's say, a, there's a female kudu over there, and it's got something else with it, and it's about six, or, or you know, five feet tall, or, it's, or 400 pounds, or whatever it was. I mean, it was crazy accurate, and we're like, <laughs> like, I see some rocks. I don't know. What are you looking at? He, he pointed out, and, 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 the, and the professional hunter, the PH, were with us. He was like, if he said it's there, it's there. I mean, he, he's like, he didn't even want to look. He's like, oh, if he says it's there, we're driving over there. And so we would just go because this guy had developed, and he had an ability to see things we couldn't even see. 
I wasn't even aware of it. I mean, I'm looking as hard. Just because you can't see it don't mean it's not there. <laughs> and whatever that thing was that he pointed out, we drove over there. Sure enough, there was one there just the way he said it. How can you tell from that distance it's a male versus a female? When you, I can't even see the thing. He could tell what sex it was. That was amazing, right? Well, he's, he's, they're, they're, he has developed in some things naturally, right? How much more the grace of God on somebody's life to let them see something that others may not see? How many know the prophet probably is going to come to your house and say your, your, your kid's having an issue? The evangelist isn't going to show up and say that. The apostle's not going to show up and say because there are other places ministering, Right? But it's going to be the person God placed in your life to say that. Well, a lot of times people don't receive it because they see the per they saw Greg and not Pastor Greg. They saw Greg and not Pastor Greg because, well, how would you say that? I was like, listen, I, I, I'd be the first one to tell you I hoped I was wrong. I hoped Amy was wrong. I hoped we were wrong and what, what we were saying was completely off base. But how I many know it wasn't? When it was all said and done, it wasn't. And by the time they realized what was going on, because later on down the road, I saw them buying somewhere. That's, and I had to call them, and they were already angry at me. And I said, hey, just want to let you know, I know we had this talk and, and all, but uh, I just saw so-and-so in a particular area as I drove down a certain road that's known for buying things. And uh, they were down there, and uh, I think you might have an issue. I mean, a good pastor will do that, even if it makes you angry. <laughs> but you know, you can get so angry to the point not receptive that you can cut that off and God won't require them to say anything to you again. I didn't plan on saying any of that, but how I many know if you're not open to it, God, God can say, all right, enough's enough. Didn't Jesus tell the apostles when you go places, the disciples, when you go somewhere, if they don't hear you, kick the dust off your feet and move on to the next town? Can you be in a local church and because you don't want to hear what your pastor has had to say to you, not that they run your life, we're not talking about being weird, right? But they've got something for you and you don't want to hear it to the point that he might say, kick the dust off your feet and move on. I've actually had the Lord tell me, don't talk to them again about it. Don't say another word to them about it. I've, had the, I've actually known something, known it beyond a shadow of a doubt, and, and something's going, and the Lord tell me, don't say a word. That's a terrible place to be in. So I said, that's a terrible place to be in. I don't like it, but how much worse is it for the individual? This is, this is, this is a help. To, we're talking about, we are talking about growing up spiritually. Now, I can say this. I'll be the first one to tell you I could have been wrong. I hope, like I said, I hoped I was wrong. In that case, I wasn't wrong. Other times, I missed it. Other times, I missed it. But just because I missed it once doesn't mean that, that I'm always wrong. In fact, the track record has been better on the other side. See, we, we've got to be willing to recognize things for what they are. There's a lot of voices out there. What you choose to listen to, what you choose to value will, will determine what you get. And find a place here to, to wrap this up. I have other things here, but I want to get to the gist of this. I think I have, maybe. We want, 
We want everything God has for us. We want everything God has for us. Do you want everything God has for you? I mean, do you really want everything God has for you? I mean, you know, do, do you re- I mean, that, that, that's a question you got to ask yourself. Do you really want it? Do you really want what God has? Do you really want to grow? I can tell you this, no matter what your answer is today, I already know your answer later. I already know your answer when we step to the other side of eternity. I, I know your answer then. There won't, there won't be a single person that steps into eternity and stands before Jesus and was happy to have any area of their life that wasn't developed. I'm talking about spiritually speaking, any area of their life that wasn't developed. There won't be one single person that's like, yeah, that area is no big deal. Ah, that's not a big deal. Every area we're going to be like, boy, that was dumb, right? Now, he's not going to beat us up over it, but, but how many know that also uh, th- there will be consequences, be, we'll suffer loss. Anything that doesn't have God involved, it's us, and we don't get reward for it, right? You do know that, right? Anything that's you and not God, you don't get a reward for it. Those works get burned up. That time, that period, it, it does nothing for you. What you grow and develop now will determine what you enjoy then. This really is a big deal. Well, you gotta be so serious. I, I want Let's help one another. Let's help one another so that when the day comes, we can stand before the Lord with, with assured full hearts. See, it's easy to go, I want, I, want, I, want, I want good encouraging words. We all love encouraging words. Don't we love encouraging words? Steve, God loves you and you are awesome. How I many know that sometimes... Yeah, God still loves him, but sometimes he's not so awesome. It's very rare with Steve. It's very rare. It's super rare. It's, it's actually an oddity. I'm always usually like, oh, wow, he's not being awesome right now. How did that happen? Uh, <laughs> he's amazing. Well, he's human, too, because he's always being not awesome. All right. I mean, we always have moments. We all have moments where, where we're, we don't. How many know that sometimes you don't need an encouraging word? I think about this morning's message, Pastor Red and James. He was reading those things. How many know that, I think you might have even said, it I, don't know if, I don't know if you said it or not this morning, but something to the effect of this may not be the most encouraging thing or, or this may be a little difficult to hear. How many know James called them adulterers and adulteresses? That's a little different than my favorite people on the planet whom I love in the Lord and value always. You're amazing. That was a little different, wasn't it? At that moment, listen, if they're committing spiritual adultery on the Lord, do they need to be encouraged in what they're doing or said, listen, wake up. What do they need? What do they need at that moment? It's not about making people happy. It's about creating an environment where we can all grow and develop. That's what's important. To be honest with you, there's sometimes, sometimes the things that have been the most hard, difficult to hear have been the exact things I needed to hear, and there's some things I look back, they're the, I'm the most thankful for. I'm so thankful that that was I'm so thankful that that was done. I'm so thankful. I'm not saying we're just going to, I'm purpose to be, just to be intense all the time and, and Debbie Downers. I'm not saying that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know, the, but we ought, we, we, we ought not shun those things. The Bible talks about the last days, people will heap up teachers who will give, tell them what they want to hear. I mean, that's a dangerous place to live in. Somebody lives in that place could end up losing their very soul over the whole thing. Could lose every bit of reward. Make heaven, but have nothing to show for life. 
the, these offices are here for our benefit. I believe it's there. There, I know there are topics that, as a church, we've probably never we've never heard about. There are things we've never we've never heard about. There's things that that I'm sure that I can think of. I can think of one that I won't even say that it's never really been talked about. Why? Because people w- wouldn't be able to handle it. People would get would get upset about it. They'd get their proverbial undergarments, as Pastor said, knotted up in places they ought not be knotted up. Right? Bun- I think you said bunched up, bunched up in areas out in the, huh? Gathered up. All right, that's, that's better than knotted up. Anyway, but a knot is really bad. I mean, woo, all right, uh, gathered up is worse than not, <laughs> knotted up. Anyway, there's some because people can't handle it. Well, you know, p- part of it goes back to we, have to we have to honor God's word. You know, it's not about an individual. It's about, it's about, it's about the word of God. How many know God's word is apt? Truth is truth whether we like it or not. Truth is truth no matter if it comes from a donkey or your pastor. Hee-haw. I mean, it's no different if it's me or, I mean, it's really no different. If it's the truth, it's the truth. Let's honor God enough to honor the gifts he places. And like I said, listen, we're not doing anything weird. How many know that, that any kind of excess we see always started off as truth? I know there's shepherdship movement happened in the 80s was crazy. 70s, 70s was, you know, I was four years old and highly affected by it. I mean, no, I mean, no, it went on and a lot of people were hurt. You have cult groups that start where people get involved and start telling them everything to do. How many know that stuff's crazy? What is the saying around here? Authority only, uh, only goes as far as responsibility. I'm not responsible for what house you buy. I'm not going to tell you what house you buy. It's not, if somebody tries to tell you, you need to tell them, listen, I'll buy it if you pay the bills, right? You know what I'm saying, right? But any kind of when excess happens, it starts off as there's truth involved. That's how excess happens, right? I mean, the devil, the devil can't sell something completely ridiculous that there's not even a, a, an ounce of truth to it. He can't get people off on those things typically unless they're crazy if there's no truth involved in it. But he takes truth and he manipulates it. With Adam and Eve in the garden, he took some truth and he manipulated it. If he had come to them and said, listen, God did not say that you shouldn't wear purple. They'd just say, what are you talking about? He didn't talk to me about wearing the color purple. He talked to me about not eating from this tree. No, he had to take something there was some truth. He talked to you about that tree, right? So the enemy takes things where there's truth and they start twisting it. Let's not be so foolish to throw the baby out with the bathwater because somebody abused something. I believe most people are generally good, good heart. Even people who get themselves into this stuff, they never intended for that to happen. They really never intend. There are some crazies out there who are just manipulators and terrible people, but most people never intended to get there. But I will say this. How do you keep that from happening? Well, you, you pray for them, but how can your prayers be effective for somebody that you don't even, or, or a, a ministry gift that you don't even respect? Right? Or that you don't really value. How can your prayers be effective for something you don't even value? You, you all understand what I'm saying? We want our prayers to be effective. Listen, if you have a church that honors these things, but honors God's word first and foremost, no matter what you hear me say or pastor say, anybody else says, if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not true, right? It's not true. You shouldn't hear it. But how about if your pastor says, listen, what you're saying doesn't line up with God's word, should you hear that? Why? Because your pastor said it or because God's word said it? Because God's word said it, Right? Y'all understand what I'm saying? 
See, these gifts are here for us to grow. And it's an important thing to do. But it really has everything to do with our heart towards God, our respect for his word, and our willingness to submit our lives to him. I can tell you, Pastor Pastor Angela, myself, I don't want to be involved in anybody's business. I got my own business. I got, I got enough to take care of, right? I don't want to be involved in it, but if the Lord directs me to do something, I got to do it. Tonight, I'd rather talk about something fun. I'd rather talk about, you know, reaping a thousandfold return on your giving or something. I mean, you know, I'd rather talk about something else, but this is not something you just want to talk about. How many know it's important? It's important. It's needed. It's important. I believe there, we, we, want to, we want to be able to step into what God has for us fully. It's 8.35. We're going to stop. We want to step into what God has for us. We're only going to be able to do it if we, if we approach things the right way. It's only going to happen if we approach things the right way. Don't get left behind. The will of God is going to be done. Don't miss your place. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss out on what God has for you. Don't miss out on the ministry he's gifted and graced you, the grace that's upon your life from he himself placed on your life. Don't miss out on that. Don't fall short of that. Experience the full reality of it. Walk it out, live it out, and receive the reward of it. I want that for you. I want that for you. You got to want it for yourself. Do you want that? Like I said, I felt impressed. It's something we ought to talk about tonight, so we did. I'm glad we did. Amen? Let's all stand up. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It is truth. It is life. We are so grateful for it. We're so thankful. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands for a minute. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, help us hear the things we've heard tonight, Lord. If there's areas where adjustments need to be made in our lives, Lord, we're not looking to somebody else's life. We're looking at our own life. If there's areas where we need to make adjustments, attitudes that need to be uh, 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 looked at and directed and... and, and uh, any of those things, Father, help us. Give, give us help and assistance, Lord, as we humble ourselves to you. Assistance and grace to make those adjustments, those changes that are necessary. Father, we're, we're thankful, Lord, for the opportunity to grow. We're thankful for the opportunity to develop. We're thankful for the opportunity to, to be molded and shaped, uh, 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 to, be, to better fill the positions that you've each called each of us into to be the supply of life and health to the body of Christ that you've called us to be, to be the light and example to this world that you've ordained us and destined us and graced us to be. In my own life, adjustments I need to make, Lord, help me make those. Attitude, when, when, when things start looking right or, or start going the wrong direction, Father, help me see it. Help each of us see lies for what they really are. They're, they're, they're really things being sown to hinder us from being who you've called us to be. Father, we don't want those things. Lord, if we've missed it in any area, you know our hearts, Lord, forgive us. Help us move on, not repeat the same mistakes. Father, we thank you for it. We love you. We honor you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor. Hallelujah. While you're standing, I want to read something 
to you. This is from uh, the book I'm writing. My, my book is at uh, a publisher's, a book publisher, and, and their professional editors are going through it, and so they've made, I tend to write like I talk in long sentences, you know, just on and on and on, and they're breaking some of those down for me. And uh, so I'm going back now. I've gotten all of that back, and now I'm going through the book making those changes. Kind of a slow process, but uh, I have it back. I'm working on it. And uh, I want to read something from the first chapter that goes along with what Pastor Greg said tonight. And this is just another angle, another side of what he's talking about. And, uh, and it goes like this. Also, many church members only appreciate the supernatural aspect of their pastor's ministry while he's in the pulpit. They are like those in the church at Corinth who said Paul's epistles were weighty and powerful enough, but in person they needed quote-unquote proof that Christ was speaking through him. That's uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 10 and 13, 3. Likewise, many today believe that when their pastor is preaching or teaching the word of God, quote, under the anointing, unquote, <clears throat> he is speaking for God. But most other times he is just speaking or acting as a man. No, the anointing to preach is not the pastoral anointing. Let me find out where I was at. No, the anointing to preach is not the pastoral anointing. It is the preaching anointing. The pastoral anointing is the anointing to not only feed but also to love, guide, and protect the flock. And it is just as supernatural as the preaching anointing. And to some degree, it is on him all the time. So too often when the pastor encourages his members, for example, to greater faithfulness in church attendance or announces special services or some new program or church policy, some people thinking naturally and carnally, and because they really just do not want to do what he says, dismiss his instructions thinking he is only speaking as a natural man. Little do they realize how their lack of respect and honor cuts them off from much of the supply of the Spirit through him, even when he is preaching or ministering by the gifts of the Spirit. Church members need to learn to relate to their pastor in light of the supernatural office he holds something to think about. That's what happened to those parents when Pastor Greg went to them and said, I perceive something going on in your son's life. You just need to be alert and watchful. Wasn't accusing him. Just, I, well, see, if, he had, if Pastor Greg had been in the pulpit preaching something from the word, if you're, a, if you're just a basic Christian, you're going to say, well, you know, he's like I said this morning, you might not have liked it, but you can't get around the fact that the word was saying, you adulterers and adulteresses, you need to get your act together. Well, you know, that's Bible, whether you like it or not. But see what happened in the situation where Pastor Greg was talking about, he wasn't preaching or teaching under the anointing, and so they said, that's just you. That's just you speaking as a natural man. Well, the anointing to pastor is not the preaching anointing. It's the pastoral anointing, and it's there to some degree all the time. And people need to be aware of that. That's, that's the point that I make here. And that illustrates uh, when he was talking about that tonight, I thought, well, I, I actually talked about that in this book. It, it's, it's good to, to know. Uh, yeah, we, we, we are natural men. And we might just be talking, you know, naturally. But uh, particularly officially when we're, 
uh, announcing, addressing the church or, or, or talking to you about a particular thing, uh, we're pretty careful to make sure we're speaking what the Spirit of God gave us to speak. And uh, any, anybody can make a mistake, but it's a big mistake to just disregard anything your pastor says because, well, he's not, you know, actually in the pulpit delivering a, the word of the Lord. Amen? A lot of people have uh, suffered a lot of things that they shouldn't have to have because they sat there, when I, even when I'm up, you know, just making announcements, just talking about things. I, I can sense in the congregation, I, I've seen some people's faces like, That's why we don't have as many people on Sunday night as we have on Sunday morning. Because I talk about the fact, you know, you miss Sunday night, you miss something important. Well, that's just, the, that's just the preacher talking. No, that's the pastor talking, and they miss this tonight. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Good word. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.